uh, is this little book called The Disciplined Life by Richard S. Taylor. Um, and I've read it, been reading it over the last couple weeks, uh, slowly but surely. And uh, right off the bat, it is definitely going, if you, if you choose to read this book that we're recommending to read, um, it will be probably offensive uh, in the first uh, two or three pages in terms of the fact that um, what he's calling us to is to a level of, of zeal and a level of self-control that um, might be a little bit more challenging than we hold ourselves to. And it's good. It, it's offensive in a good way in the sense that it helps you to open your eyes and my, it really opened my eyes um, to see where we are uh, lacking and falling short and terms of our commitment, in terms of um, our character qualities. And uh, after reading the first, even just the first chapter, it made me kind of laugh because Greg gave me a more than generous uh, introduction a few weeks ago. And I read that first chapter, which was a great humbling of after hearing that exhortation or that encouragement. Because uh, if, it, if some of the things that Greg said about myself, if it, um, you know, when you read this book, you kind of if you begin to see that you know you have we have a lot to to improve upon we have a lot to uh, areas to grow in and um so it's important that we as we talk about these subject matters that we see that um, no one is perfect in these um this is a uh, lifelong journey uh, in terms of how we are um developing in these areas but we ought to have, and so, and so therefore we ought to have grace for one another as we are all working through this. If we can't have grace for each other as uh, each individual person is working through their, um, the development of their character through discipline, it's going to cause a lot of uh, pain and strife and fraction uh, amongst us as a body. And we have to have grace for one another. If we can't have grace for another one, we cannot be uh, truly in fellowship and we can cannot uh, truly have love for one another. So uh, I want to just start off with that preface is that um, if you see people in, uh, in our church that are falling short in these areas, even after we teach on these things, pray for them or be encouraging of them, try to uh, be loving and serving rather than uh, being critical and harsh. So that's just one of the preface I wanted to start. But today uh, we're going to take a look at discipline. And uh, first, whenever we want to look at a topic, we want to define it so we can better understand what are the presuppositions or what are the contexts that we're looking at things so that we are all on the same page. And uh, a Christian definition of discipline um, could be defined as training to develop Christ-like character. Um, some examples of Christ-like character um, that we could see would be maturity, responsibility, integrity, obedience, and that's we train ourselves through the practice of self-control um, first and foremost. Um, these are things that while we are given the grace of God to grow in this and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit um, to have change in our life, to be more like Christ, nevertheless, we still have to participate in that. It is not something that we sit back and become robots or, or whatever it may be, or we're puppets of a, of a grand puppet master. Um, we actually do have to participate um, in this. And so we can 
assume that these things will naturally develop. Um, we can just kind of take a backseat passive approach to these things rather than um, being aggressive and being purposeful and intentful, which is very, very important because um, otherwise these things um, will not come to us or they will at least not come to us in the fullness that God has intended for us. So for disciple, or for, excuse me, for discipline, um, there's two aspects of it that I wanted to focus on. Um, one of which is submitted discipline, and submitted discipline is how we are maybe trained by those who are in authority figures in our lives, whether it be our parents is a, a great example as we're raised up as children, um, as we grow up and mature, our spiritual um, fathers and mothers, as they are disciplers who. Um, guide us and lead us into becoming more and more uh, uh, solid, uh, well-founded Christians. Um, though that's has an important aspect to it, understanding that we must have um, obedience to, in a, in a respectful manner, to those individuals in a way that is um, giving deference or um, giving um, credence to or respect to those individuals and taking an under uh, a position of humbly understanding that those people ha- have a, um, a position in our life that where they can speak into us um, truth or challenge us to uh, greater and greater um, measures and so forth. And secondly, there is a, a second aspect of of discipline, and that is uh, our self-imposed discipline. That is the probably the day-to-day um, self-control, our conquering of our flesh as Christians um, that we have to, to do on a regular basis. And things where, where we have to say no to things or where we have to um, make conscious decisions on our lives that we ourselves are, are regulating, so to speak, rather than it being... Um, from an outside source. So it's important to see that there's two aspects of us. There's one, the, the, the submitted position would probably be more for our long-term development in terms of uh, bigger picture, grand oversight, so forth, helping us, uh, leading us into that. But the bottom line is the, those individuals can't be with us 24 seven. They cannot be um, you know, making decisions for us uh, regularly. And we need to be able to develop this aspect where we ourselves have understandings of where um, where we need to um, either become um, more exclusive in the things that we uh, partake in or th- where we um, kind of um, narrow down the things that we are exposing ourselves to or taking in. So it's important that we see that there is a, um, a dichotomy there. Secondly, also, or thirdly, I wanted to point out was that um, this idea of discipline is very important in the matter of forward thinking, is that we are seeing ourselves, um, envisioning ourselves as becoming more and more like Christ throughout our life and seeing that our lives uh, have a plan and a purpose in terms of how we reflect Christ to the rest of the world and um, and so forth and how we glorify him. And being able to look ahead and avoid the temptation of of the wants or desires of now is a very, very important aspect of this that we will hit on um, throughout this message today. So we're going to look at three different reasons um, for why um, discipline is important for us as Christians. Um, And again, these are 
when we're talking about these, think of these in terms of both those aspects that we discussed about being um, submitted to authority figures and them leading us into greater measures of this, as well as our own personal um, self-regulation, so to speak, our self-control. Um, first and foremost, it's important that we are reflecting Christ, and discipline helps us do that as um, we see um, one of the things that we get taught over and over again in Sunday schools are the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, um, where we see if we are uh, truly seeking God and if we are uh, communing with Him and um, having Him have more lordship in our life, these evidences, these fruits will take place and will be noticeable in our lives um, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, I had a great talk with Larry uh, Trimbach after church last week about how uh, he commented on how self-control is oftentimes maybe the forgotten fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, how uh, we take our, our liberties and our freedoms um, to sometimes to extremes or um, just completely without restraint. And how we as Christians, um, we talk about maybe certain sins or we talk about certain behaviors that we ought to not partake in um, that are what we would maybe characterize of quote unquote of worldly people. But there are things that are more than just, um, you know, abstaining from these behaviors. It's more than that. It is um, getting to the root of the matter. It's getting to our, our hearts, where uh, uh, our hearts, are, our flesh is, is uh, failing, and to see why, um, not just to uh, simply not, um, you know, look at pornography, but to not desire to even lust, so to speak. And so, it's more than just a set of do you know do's and don'ts it is getting to the hard issue with self-control self-control is seeing that um if at the very core these things are extremely destructive and if we once the the um these things begin to develop and manifest that's uh where things have gone have, have been allowed to go way too far where we have ought to have caught that and and nipped that before it even blossomed or before it even bloomed in our life and so self-control is a really really um, important uh, aspect to show that we really are having um, the lordship of Christ taking place in our life and uh, I have a, a few verses here that I was wanting to uh, we have it's up on the screen but they're not actually written out but I'm going to read them to us um, that I think are really important. And 2 Titus 2, uh, 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. To me, this is um, really significant in seeing that it is not only just self-discipline for the sake of being, quote-unquote, a, a good person or a, uh, a person that is um, successful or um, whatever it may be, but it is truly a representation. Um, our, um, 
are, are renouncing and are living our lives in a way that is um, pursuing God and denouncing, renouncing all ungodliness um, that reflects Christ and is uh, truly a reflection of his grace in us, that he has given us um, strength and ability and the power to do so through the Holy Spirit. So um, it's important that we see that living this way, first and foremost, is a reflection of how we value that gift of grace, uh, that we're not frivolously um, letting that just kind of uh, be either uh, unutilized in our life in the sense of we're um, just kind of discarding it and thinking that, you know, God's grace is not really applicable to me after I've been converted, um, but rather seeing that it is a continual thing for us each and every day that we can um, receive and that can empower us to, um, to live the will of God. Secondly, uh, for us, uh, in terms of our, if we want to focus us on us as individuals, um, our second reason for discipline is that the um, propagation of, of peace and protection and fruitfulness in our lives. Um, as we live lives that are self-controlled, we're liberated from our fleshly impulses, um, our desires of things that are wanting to destroy us and rob us and kill us um, from the inside out in terms of our either being our greed, being our pride, uh, lusts or other desires, if we are um, developing this um, this lifestyle of having the resistance to these things, saying no to these things, um, it gets easier and easier for us to continue in that path. Whenever it's always harder to say no to something if we continually have a habit of saying yes. And so for us, if we can break this cycle and we can continue to um, grow in this, um, the, the temptations that uh, face us are going to be easier and easier for us to either resist or to see right through them as what they really are, as something that is destructive, seeing something as, that is going to uh, cause us great pain uh, and, and so forth. And we are no, can no longer be controlled by those desires as they come and go, um, which is a terrible form of slavery, is, is, is our slavery to our impulses, our you know, knee-jerk reactions, so to speak. We, uh, oftentimes, you, we will see people who use that as, uh, as an excuse for why they do um, either maybe not necessarily blatantly evil things, but wrong things, um, you know, the, the excuse, I couldn't help myself or what have you. And that's not an, a valid excuse to say that because of temptation or because of outside pressures that we crack and we do something um, that is hurtful or destructive does not mean that we get a pass for that, so to speak. Um, it doesn't make it, make it all the more acceptable. Um, and just because we all do that, um, in the sense that we all um, were fallen and we are, um, we have our, our flaws and we make our mistakes, um, no, none of us are perfect, that doesn't necessarily mean that 
we can just say, oh, sweep that under rug, under the rug, so to speak, and say, well, it's okay. And, you know, you hear that just people kind of dismissive of of those behaviors because of the fact we understand that, but that doesn't make it right. Um, so, nevertheless, um, the we get we gain peace um, internally from. Um, saying no and having self-control over these um, temptations that we face in our life. Secondly, it also uh, causes us to have um, a sense of uh, protection over our hearts and over our souls in the sense that as we um, saying no to things is preventing things from entering into us that ought to not to be. Um, if um, If we truly understand how um, painful that the um, that the destruction would you know in our lives from our our, our bad choices creates then then by understanding that we can see that we really need to guard our hearts and we need to see that um, that by um, having this gift of, of of the grace of God to to say no to things now as and rather than being enslaved by these things we can. Um, make sure that our, our lives are are not crumbling around us and they're not having um, things coming in from the that are coming in right from uh, underneath our nose so to speak so um, it's important to uh, as we have this kind of lifestyle that we see that it helps us um, from um, those temptations from getting gaining significant root in our lives and lastly it was wanting to discuss um, was fruitfulness in terms of um, what we what we pour our lives into, what how we spend our time, um, when we choose to delay or defer um, the our our initial wants or desires, and we um, take the time to sow into those things, or we take the time to see that rather than um, just wanting the 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 pleasures of today, um, that the those are fleeting oftentimes uh, rather than sacrificing um, our future by desiring for what we can have today um, we can gain greater measures of fruitfulness um, down the line that are oftentimes um, compounded so to speak in terms of their value if anybody is um, is anybody familiar with savings in this room anybody we have any money yes we have some people raising their hands so what happens if we um, save our money and if we have interest that uh, continues to accumulate? What happens to that? those savings? <laughs> well, today in our economy, we don't have a very high interest rate. But uh, however, if John is being a little bit facetious here, is that if we do, um, instead of... Uh, reaching for that uh, splurging and spending today, but if we were to save for tomorrow or put off for tomorrow with something that is, um, we have the the idea of compounding interest in banking and your savings will grow, maybe slow initially, and it might not seem like much, and you might see have the temptation to see that this is not really worth it. It's not really achieving what I was hoping to achieve, but 20, 30 years down the, lo- the line, that interest grows very rapidly, very quickly uh, in, a, in a very exponential kind of manner, so to speak. It grows much faster in those final um, 
you know, 10 years or so than maybe the first 15 or 20 or however long that we arduously have to kind of endure for that process to take place. So it's important to see that that's a, that's a meta can be a metaphor for us in terms of our our personal and spiritual growth is putting off maybe um, the social aspects of our life um, today, uh, maybe spending less time doing things like watching TV or um, even just um, you know hanging out with with the guys so to speak in a, in a maybe not in most uh, productive manner. Um, if we sacrifice those things for either uh, being productive with our lives um, in terms of either growing our um, our career knowledge or our biblical knowledge, um, or in terms of uh, if we have things around our home that need to be done in order to make it a more uh, peaceful and restful place or to keep it, it uh, being a uh, viable uh, place to live for a long period of time, then those things, um, even though they might not be the most enjoyable experiences in the moment, those things down the line are going to cause us to um, have potentially um, less, uh, hopefully less uh, concerns or maybe um, we'll have less uh, regrets in terms of uh, well, maybe you know, twenty years down the line, wondering, oh, I I could have probably been more uh, helpful to people today had I had done this back then. So, um, Proverbs is a great place to read um, lots of different scriptures that speak about this. Um, for instance, um, uh, Proverbs fifteen thirty two: Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Um, just speaking to um, how we need to um, allow ourselves to undergo this process um, because it's for our own, for um, according to scripture, it's for our own good um, in the sense that uh, we need to have a, a level of safeguards and protections from our own self and our own wants and our own um, fleshly desires. Thirdly, a reason for discipline is that it allows us to have sacrificial love uh, for one another. Um, if we are a person that is not a reliable individual, um, if you are constantly late or if you are um, someone that has not really developed much in terms of your skill set, there's not a whole lot um, that can be um, – you cannot really be utilized a whole lot in terms of assisting other people when time is needed. Um, you might be might be a little bit more limited rather than being uh, much more impactful and helpful. Um, so, f- understanding that not only is our lives, um, we talked in terms of our goal setting process about how our lives uh, are, are no longer our own once we are bought by the blood of Christ, and that we, we talked in terms of our relationship with him, but rather we, we didn't necessarily discuss so much how it affects our relationship with each other here as a body. And where we, when we work um, uh on our own growth and development, that's going to have residual benefits to the people around us. It's going to be a loving way to express uh, how much we care about other people because we see that um, by de- developing these character um, these characteristics or developing um, these these skills or um, 
saving our rather than being frivolous with our money. Um, we're seeing that well, we're allowing ourselves to be put in a position to be helpful to those individuals when they might need someone that where we can step in. And um, so understanding that we're help, you know, we're in an economy right now that's not very strong. We're not the as prosperous in America as we once were. Um, it's good to see that if we truly uh, have love for one another, if something were to uh, suddenly and uh, unfortunately happen to somebody else here in our body, hopefully we could um, be able in a, in a position where we can help them in that way, whether it be um, in a real simple way as if we can maybe help them with some groceries if they're you know really struggling or something like that. Those might be small little tokens, but those are of great benefit to those individuals. Um, but if we are being frivolous with our, our finances or if we're, um, again, like if we're using an example of trying to help somebody accomplish, uh, you know, if John has a very, if he were to have a very large house project that needed help, if uh, he it could maybe offset a lot of expenses if rather than them having to p hire out professionals, if you know, if he could use some of the labor, uh, for instance, of some of the other people uh, in our in our body. I mean, it's just kind of understanding and having that thought of um, we can help each other um, in terms of their their prosperity and their um, their safekeeping by um, by laying down our lives uh, for one another. So. Allows us to, again, like I said, on here, give and serve freely. Also, lastly, we want to point out it's um, having, we must be disciplined if we're going to, <clears throat> excuse me, pursue a practice of prayer. Um, it is uh, very unlikely that uh, we can just fall into a regular habit of, of prayer. Um, it's something that, uh, if we're honest with one another, it is, it can be challenging after the first five, 10 minutes of, um, cause our mind is maybe prone to wander or be unfocused. And so if we work on that in our lives, if we be intentional in that, um, that's one way we can, um, serve and love one another is by developing that practice so that we in taking care of each other through, uh, through prayer. So we're going to look at now, quickly, three different areas of discipline and some particular habits that would be reflective of a disciplined life in these particular areas. This by no means is by no means is an all uh, inclusive list. It is also um, not a list where the things that we will see in these categories are exclusive just to those categories. Um, things that we'll see in future slides can uh, apply to previous slides, but categorically speaking, I just want to come up with some examples of what, where these areas, um, where these habits fit into these areas. So we already just just briefly mentioned already prayer as part of our, our spiritual disciplines. And again, that's uh, if anyone is like me in this room, that's probably one of the most challenging areas to be consistent and be committed in and pursuing that on a regular basis. Secondly is uh, a habit of respecting God's appointed authority and also God's appointed timing in your life. Um, 
and there's a lot of different, uh, you can maybe even look at this as in terms of boundaries, um, spiritual boundaries that are being set in your life. Um, there are things where we, um, it is uh, definitely against our flesh's desires to, um, to one, um, to humble ourselves before somebody else, especially if we see um, that people for who they really are, if we're allowed to get close enough to individuals, um, we can see where people are either flawed or where they have their own issues. And, um, you know, there's sometimes that we are, that causes us to not respect those individuals as authority figures in those areas in our lives. Um, It's also uh, hard for us um, to, uh, or at least I shouldn't say that, Um, there is great temptation to um, disrespect God's timing and to think that, um, you know, to become impatient, to become um, thinking that we know um, what we should be um, encountering spiritually or what we should be uh, um, able to do, so to speak, we, oftentimes we see this with uh, relationally and so forth, um, where and where we are tempted to think that um, we can kind of circumvent the boundaries that God has. So there, even though the world has no respect for God's authority or God's timing, um, it, it does not give us permission to um, to to disregard those things ourselves and to be um, under our own personal authority. And then thirdly, um, the pursuit of, uh, we talked about this last week in our goal setting um, uh, example, uh, our pursuit of biblical wisdom and knowledge. Thirdly, um, area of discipline is um, our mental and emotional discipline or our soul, um, as some people might say. Um, Keeping... uh, a character of faithfulness. So if someone asks, when someone asks us to do something, do we follow through? Do we actually do what, um, not only in terms of just meeting the minimum guidelines and requirements of what they're asking of us, but are we um, looking to um, exceed that in terms of what is the true spirit of what they're asking? Um, It's one thing just to do to meet the, the minimum criteria, but can we really truly get at what is the 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 true heart issue of of what we're what's needing to be done, what's being asked for us, and can we do these things that we're supposed to do, uh, whatever assignment or task? Um, not only just doing it, but doing it with a cheerful and loving heart and and um, and demeanor. Um, secondly, um, is to for us to sharpen our minds and, and to focus. Um, are we in seeing that our mind, um, like many things else about us, is a muscle that needs to be trained? It's something that needs to uh, continue to get vigorous, uh, um, working out, so to speak. And it can, um, by doing that, it's not just for our own personal um, glory of being able to say that we're a really intelligent person, but rather seeing that uh, as we do this, it allows us to have uh, be quick to to respond, quick to answer, um, and especially in terms of if we're uh, facing uh, opposition or er- times of crisis, it allows us to have clarity on how to handle those those situations. Um, 
and allows us to to see uh, um, through the grace of God, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, allows us to um, to have the Spirit show us what we need to see uh, in in real um, particular situations. Thirdly, um, is that we uh, ought to uh, be people who plan ahead and be people who are not uh, focusing on the day-to-day because if we have that mindset, then obviously we're, we kind of go back to what we talked about in the beginning where uh, we're sacrificing our future or mortgaging our future for today. And planning ahead is a way not only for us to be, again, this idea of uh, not just for our own personal benefit, but it allows us to be um, give us the opportunity to be flexible when challenges arrive because we're prepared. Um, and it also allows us to be gracious to others as um, we, if there's any conflicts, if there are things that come up where um, some there are potentially uh, distractions or there are disturbances uh, in our original plan, we can um, be loving and gracious and caring as we endure that rather than taking that out on other people, which uh, if anyone is like me, um, that is an area of, uh, for growth for sure. Um, you know, when things don't go the way you want it to go or expected it to go, we have to be able to um, have to be able to respond in a in a, a redemptive manner, and also, but allowing us to what allows us to do that and have the peace to do that. Uh, oftentimes, it is aided by um, by the fact that if we've truly have um, taken the time to think things through, plan ahead, and to foresee any potential issues or so forth. Along with that is the idea of being punctual, and this is more of an of an thing that's. Uh, more of out of respect for other people. This is an idea that is seeing that um, when we are going, if we're going to uh, an event, if you go to a to go see a play or something like that, it is uh, if you show up very late, you're showing um, that you obviously one don't really care about the people who've taken the time to put on the performance and so forth, but you've also are not showing that you really care about the people around you who are you're going to distract as you're coming in late and so forth. But so punctuality is is more than just um, you know it's I, I understand that there are um, challenges to that. Um, however, it is one of the greatest ways that we can show respect to other people, and it's and not just uh, simply focusing on ourselves. Um, and then, lastly, wanted to point out um, perseverance, and particularly in the f- in the in the face of challenges, in terms of when we have things that we don't like to do or don't want to do or that seem um, very daunting or really difficult um, rather than either automatically dismissing them because because of the the challenge or not giving our best effort because we have um, already maybe assumed that we're uh, not going to gain complete victory or we might fail or fall short um, we might be afraid of 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 putting uh, risks out there for that to, to succeed. Um, we, 
it's not that I'm trying to, I'm not going to say it, you know, preach, um, be, be the David against your Goliath. I'm not saying that up here. Um, but what I am saying is what we need to, to, uh, a, a disciplined person, um, will address and face those and not try to avoid them, sweep them under the rug or, you know, pretend like the, treat them like the elephant in the room and pretend they're not really there. Um, we, we do have to, in light of challenges, have to respond and to act. And um, there are strategies to do so, and we can talk about some of those next week. But it's important that we um, have the character and the fortitude to, at the very least, to address them and to, to, um, to attack those challenges. Thirdly, is areas of, of physical discipline in terms of uh, are we able to endure um, in terms of uh, physical hardships? So uh, we were, as people were teasing John earlier today about his uh, lack of preference for cold. Um, nevertheless, I'm sure that John has uh, fortitude and uh, steel in his soul to be able to endure uh, tough conditions. And I'm not trying to flatter him, just using him as an example. Um, it's important that we uh, be able to push ourselves out of our physical comfort zones. And more so than just for the sake to prove that we're tough or whatever may be, you know, there's all these great challenges out there that are all well and good and fun. Like the, uh, uh, you know, like the, what was John Gray? You guys went on a really cool 5k. What was that called? The mud ninja. So I bet for you, that was a valuable experience because of the fact that you had to endure very uh, uncomfortable situations to complete your race, correct? There was, I mean, what kind of things did you have to do? Yeah, and so what, how did you feel when you completed it? Great. Great. Despite the satisfied. satisfied, because you've probably, you've probably never done anything like that before in your life, right? Have you ever pushed yourself to do anything like that kind of? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, for one, would have never done anything like that. And when you said the first thing, like stinky mud, that was already a deterrent for me right there. Um, I'm glad you didn't ask me to participate with you because uh, I would have had to politely decline. Um, but um, it's good for the, not just for the sake of, like I said, just trying to prove something or have a chip on your shoulder, but rather um, going through, even it might not be um, special case things like that, like what John went through, John Gray, um, but rather uh, in the, the normal, in the mundane, in terms of if you're a student, um, physically enduring, you know, being able to keeping yourself focused in a class, being able to not fidget or um, kind of get restless or potentially fall asleep or something like that. Um, it's there, those might be a more realistic on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's also good for us to, to see that there are, uh, to train ourselves from time to time um, that if there are situations where we, we truly need it, uh, if there are true emergencies or true physical difficulties, that we can um, face those either by um, 
practicing things um, that cause us to to conquer our our actual uh, physical uh, fleshly comforts. Um, that's why one of the things that is um, good about fasting is not so much for the sense of uh, it's not like you're trying to we're trying to get some um, you know trying to deprive ourselves so to speak but it is it's a good reminder is how much control do do our um, the uh, our our you know our um, our hungers uh, our cravings it's it's a good tool to allow us to see how much of that has a grip on our life and uh, how much of that is um, you know is is that an areas where we are in uh, struggling with or uh, do we have problems with gluttony do we have problems of uh, when we have moments of um, trials do we just fold automatically um, so just that's just an one thing to note is our uh, physical endurance being able to uh, face uncomfortable situations um, secondly is uh, managing our sleep um, it's important that we do get an adequate amount of sleep. Um, I'm a big proponent of, depending on who you are and um, your um, the, the stresses and rigors of your life, that I believe that anywhere between you know six and eight hours of sleep is probably sufficient, and adequate for most people. Um, and but um, so seeing that if we're uh, having to you know sleep 10, 12 hours a day, not getting up till noon or or what have you or staying you know cheating our or the opposite end cheating our sleep only you know allowing ourselves to sleep two or three hours um while that might be a short-term necessity for a certain situation it is uh not prudent and wise for your long-term longevity and that's where it's important to kind of see for this area is focusing more on our our longevity and our health um it's very easy to take a look at our our physical aspects of ourselves and uh, get more caught up in the uh, areas of vanity uh, in our appearance and how we look rather than seeing that our what's most important about our health is um, are we setting ourselves up for a life of long service to Christ? Um, and so are we, you know, having restraint in our how much food we eat or what food we eat um are we uh, causing ourselves to um get appropriate amounts of exercise and so forth so that we can um continue to um you know be of good service and use um well, well into our 50s 60s 70s and so forth so it's uh, something that's an important for us to to note so we're going to wrap up here with just one warning. Is this just like any good endeavor practice? Uh, any overemphasis or any um, wrong motives can corrupt any good thing. And uh, having a disciplined life is uh, there's a lot of uh, benefits to it in terms of what we kind of did on a very brief uh, and very high level scale in terms of for us personally, for those uh, that we love and care around us. Um, however, if we get too caught up in the the methods and the means rather than thinking about the purpose of the reason why, um, this can become just like any other thing can be an idol for us. Um, and so it off, 
one of the things is always a good checkpoint for us is asking this question, am I seeking to gain acceptance or self-worth outside of God by what I'm doing? Am I doing whatever action that I'm taking? Am I doing it for to receive the glory of men or to uh, see God glorified? And if we can be conscious and, and aware of at, and to ask ourselves these things, um, this can help us in terms of navigating um, the important things of our life, like our health, like our career. I mean, is our is our career uh, oriented towards greed and just wanting to accumulate more and more, rather than uh, wanting to have um, a stable employment that can uh, be useful in terms of uh, you know providing for our families uh, or to be able to. Uh, be ready to help and serve those who are in greater need than than we are. Um, it also can be in sense of, uh, in terms of gaining um, wisdom and and our gaining wisdom or our level of service. Are we doing it for uh, our uh, to receive flattery and praise um, rather than just doing it because we see that there's a need uh, by our brothers and sisters and we want to um, to be of service. Discipline is not holiness, and um, as we can see plenty of good examples of this in our current culture. Um, you know, we see entertainers and athletes who endure great physical or um, training regimens and things like that, um, and they adhere to strict guidelines and schedules and so forth. Um, but yet, they're doing it for all for vain um, many times, and. So in Galatians 1.10 says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I think for, for myself, this is always a verse that uh, I try to hearken back to and remind myself this, is if I were still trying to please man, because that was one of the greatest essences of my uh, uh, unregenerative life, um, so to speak, um, as a young man, um, I was, that was my goal and my ambition. Um, maybe not my goal and my ambition, but it was definitely the underlying, uh, current of it. Um, but if so, if I see that, if I'm still living to do that, if that is marking and demonstrating my life, um, then I'm not really serving Christ. And that, is uh, a humbling thing to think of um, that we're because this is what we're called to do. Or we're called to be servants of Christ. We're not we're not called to to please other people. We're not called to um, you know make the world necessarily fall in love with us um, or to or or what have you um, you know. But rather that first and foremost that we're serving Christ and that we're reflecting Him appropriately. So. That is, that concludes uh, this topic for today. And I